Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, and welcome to the latest HR on the Offensive podcast. It's me, Chris Howard from Lace Partners. Thank you for joining us as always on the Thursday podcast that we do at Lace Partners. I hope you are well. I am certainly well, and I am delivering you this podcast today from within an office, which is lovely, and I've got the wonderful Debbie Mitchell with me. Debbie, you all right? Hi, Chris. How are you doing? Yeah, good. Really, really good. Quite excited to talk about this because you are one of our permanent lacers. I am now, yeah. Which is great. And a few weeks ago, we were talking and you said, well, I've actually written a book. <laughs> and I said, really? <laughs> a book. A book, eh? I should get you on the podcast. <laughs> and here we are. Here we are. Here we are to talk about it. So yeah. I want to talk about the book, which is the 50 top tools for employee engagement. I want to know all about the book and yeah. we'll delve into some of the practical advice and tips that you give in the book. But before we do that, because this is the first time you are on our podcast, it is. you are a podcast virgin. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Maybe. It is now. Maybe not. It, it is, is now. now. I've officially consigned it to being a thing. But can you just tell our listeners a little bit about you, maybe your background, where you've come from, yeah. and also a little bit about what you do at base? Yeah, sure. So my background is all very traditional HR. I have experience in health service, retail, a lot of manufacturing experience, FMCG. And I've worked mostly in generalist roles towards the latter point of my corporate career, specialised in organisation development and relevant to what we'll talk about, took on a specific role around employee engagement surveys globally across an organisation of 90,000 people. That's quite a lot of data. And then went out and worked for myself for about 11 years, doing various things. And again, part of it was around employee engagement and working with organisations with their survey data, particularly around how to use that information, but also facilitating workshops, team builds, problem solving, all sorts of things. So a lot of sort of what we'll talk about sort of comes through that experience. Latterly, I've, I've worked with LACE for about 18 months and a few weeks ago became a permanent member of the team. So delighted to join properly, if that's the right place. We are like the Hotel California. Yeah. <laughs> Once you <laughs> check in, you, you, can't you get can out. never leave. Yeah. <laughs> it's very true. And within LACE, I'm doing some work particularly around sort of the HR strategy side and some of the uh, employee experience, employee engagement work. So I'm um, very excited to sort of see where that takes us over the next few months and years. Hopefully. Yeah, certainly. And I think it probably, well, it's fairly evident that employee engagement experience is a passion of yours, hence why writing the book, yeah. of course. So let's delve into that a little bit, if that's yeah. all right. So again, like I said at the start of the show, 50 top tools for employee engagement. Yeah. Why? Did you decide to write it? What's the sort of background behind yeah, it? Yeah, I think the background is that I had spent many years of my career, both in corporate, but also when I went out as a self-employed consultant, running workshops, doing different activities or different initiatives within organisations that were either intended to or as a side effect, helping to build employee engagement within mm. the workplace. So I felt like I had this almost like an encyclopedia in my brain of ideas and things that people could do, that when you might introduce them to people, they would sort of have have what I call a dough moment, you know, they go, oh, of course, it's so simple. I think that the risk is that people feel that employee engagement is really complicated and it's very scientific. And then there is a place for all of that. But actually, there's a lot of really simple things that managers, employees, colleagues, supervisors, business leaders can do without too much cost, without too much effort, without too much science behind it that might help to build engagement. I'm not saying solve all the problems, but might help to build employee engagement among their teams. So I just kind of wanted to get all of that down yeah. on paper. And it built as I became a self-employed consultant and went out to different organisations and saw different ways of working and tried different things. That kind of built. And so eventually I just threw it on paper. See what happened. Love it. <laughs> Love it. So a quick 
question I wanted to ask you, just based on what you just said there, is this the type of book that anyone can read? Because quite often you get business books that are very focused on a particular function. Maybe yeah. it's a HR book for HR people or a yeah. marketing book for marketing people or a book for leaders. Did you write this with a view of this can be applicable for everyone. Yeah, absolutely. So I sort of have a target audience in my mind, which is my colleagues in the HR world. But again, it's not highly academic. So people who've been in the HR world for many years in senior positions might pick it up and think there's not much really inspirational, brand new leader thinking. But what there is, is practical stuff you can use and the opportunity to think about some of it differently, that actually it's low key, it's low mm. cost. It's not weeks of planning a two day away day. It's half an hour's thinking about a half hour session in a team meeting we have already. So that was one element. I think there's also lots of people who work in sort of standalone HR roles in smaller businesses where this is hugely applicable because what we do in the book is we outline the tool, how it can be used, how much it would cost, broadly speaking, but also how you might evaluate it, what you might do with it, and some other variations about how it could be applied. So we try to make it just really simple. And then the other audience for me is because of all that, just line managers. Yeah. If you're a supervisor of a team, there will be many tools in this book that you could just think, I could try that in my team briefing. Yeah. And it will just work simply. It was something that I was really passionate about. You haven't got to pay huge amounts of money and do loads of planning to do employee engagement stuff. There are things you can do really practically. What you just said is really interesting, the line manager bit, because I think that people can get a very myopic view of people challenges or people management or line management. Mm. And it's the preserve of the hate. HR departments help to drive through this sort of stuff. Yeah. But I think that's what you're underlying there is actually HR isn't just for the HR department. HR is actually everybody's remit. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you want your team to perform well. One of the things you need to do to get your team to perform well is engage them in the work that they're doing. This is where I get frustrated because it's not all the science. Right? That to me is just logic. There's lots of research behind it, but there's a logic to that. If I want you to do well, Chris, I need to engage you in the task, in why that matters, in what's in it for you and what's in it for me and be transparent about all that. So as your line manager, I win when you win. I should put some effort into doing that. And again, in the book, it's the small things that really matter. Yeah, no, it's brilliant. So one of the things that we've obviously talked about just before we went live, and we've talked about this previously when we were talking about the book, is I'm very mindful of the fact that if you're running a HR function or if you're looking at certain things that you can do as a business, quite often there's the yeah, but sort of question, which is around size of business. Yeah, but it's all very well giving me advice X. And maybe we can, in a little bit in the podcast, you can pull out maybe one or two of the bits as an example mm. for people. But I wonder if there's somebody listening here saying, but my company is 100,000 people. Is this really going to apply for me? So long winded way of asking the question, is this practical enough or is this applicable enough if you've got 500 people or if you've got 100,000 people in your business? I personally feel it really is. And if you take one example, one of the things that we talk about, and we, we talk about it here quite a lot, Lace, actually, in a number of the projects I've been on, we've, we've talked about the importance of engaging your levers. And it's often forgotten when we talk to HR teams or business leaders about that. They go, why would we do that? They've chosen to leave us. Go, yeah, but think of all the opportunities they bring. They're an alumni. They might come back. They connect you to your future workforce, to your candidate pool. They are talking about you on social media platforms. So you want that to be a positive experience. And so we talk about that, for example. So whether you're a business of five who, when somebody leaves, you write a short note to them just to say, thanks so much for everything you did. We really appreciated X, Y, and Z. And we wish you every success. And we really want you to come back and have a cup of tea 
tea with us at some point. Or you're an organization of 500,000 where you automate that process somehow. And there is a standard process that says a letter goes or this happens. You know, as lots of organizations do now, we create an alumni. I think I'm part of a, a retail organization's alumni from the one year I spent with them. It doesn't matter which end of the scale you're on. The important thing is you are still connecting with and engaging those levers in some way. So the principles can apply. You just might have to do it slightly differently. Yeah. And it almost goes back to what we were talking about earlier on about, as I said, HR is sort of everybody's responsibility. All right. If you've got a 10, 15 person company, maybe you can control that a little bit yeah. more. If you've got 100,000 person company, it's a little bit different, but it's still not just responsibility of HR to manage that alumni yeah. process, is it? It's that line yeah. manager. It's in the different regions. It's got to be a collective effort, yeah. isn't it? I mean, I might remember some of what HR did when I left, but I'll definitely remember what you, my line manager, said to me as I walked out the door. And so that's what I'll talk about. When I left, my manager said, they were really going to miss me. I don't think I realised that till now. Maybe I've made up? a mistake. Did you get a bit yeah. choked up? <laughs> yeah. So I think there's all those opportunities. And, you know, again, it's whether it's small fry or big fry. I think the other thing is for some organisations, we talk about one of the processes we touch on, sort of connecting with the people up and down from your point in the supply chain of work. So who's feeding me work? Where's it coming from? And can I go visit that department and find out a bit more about what they do? And why does it come to me, the widget? Why does it arrive with me in a certain way? And when I pass it on to the next team, how does that impact them? And what do they need from me? And what would make it better for us all? And also now I can see that not only am I tweaking a widget, but I understand why it's really important that I tweak that widget. So those kind of things are really simple. And again, if you're in a 500,000 organization or a organization of five, it's not difficult to do. It might only be half an hour out of a day. And when we think about the investment that that might give you back, it could be massive. It might be nothing. This is the other thing about the book. I think I always say, just try something. People get very fearful of it won't work. Or if we ask for feedback, we'll get rude words written on a graffiti wall. Or yeah. <laughs> I always say, just try it and ignore the rude words and take the 90% of content that is actually potentially meaningful, valuable or heartfelt rather than anything else. So I just think try something. Try some of the stuff. Don't be afraid to fail. Some of yeah. it's going to work. Some of it. Yeah. So let's talk a little bit more detail about some of the specifics within it, because I think we were talking about just beforehand, one of the dangers when I read types of books like mm. this, or as I said to you beforehand, if I go on a training course, once I've been given this fantastic bit of information and in, in the moment, I'm like, this is amazing. I'm going to do it. I'm going to live my yeah. life like this. Yeah. I'm going to change everything, my management style, whatever it is. One of the dangers is you get so much information and then two weeks later or a month later, it's filed away in a drawer somewhere. Yeah. So is there any advice from your perspective that you would give to people or are there any quick wins that you would say, look, this is something really simple. Yeah. Just have a think about that. Just go ahead and do that because this isn't something that you need to put a huge plan together or anything like that. Yeah. I mean, the first thing I'd say is the way the book is structured, it sort of has two sections. One is we focus on the employee's life cycle. So we start about how do we engage people from the point that they're a candidate or even they don't know they're a candidate yet. So the very early stages through to, as we said just now, the point where somebody has left or is a leaver. So that full employee life cycle, we look at that as sort of some of the structure. So they're under each, each of the kind of key stages of the life cycle. There will be a couple of tools that you can sort of pick up and use. We then look at it from a business perspective, because I strongly believe that it's not one or the other. So we look at a few kind of key things, things like how do you engage people to focus on customer service or the customer knowledge? How do you get them to focus on continuous improvement? How do you help them to engage through change? So we focus on those elements. So if your business is going through something, you might want to just reference that section quickly. If your employer is at a certain point, you might want to check that out. But within each of the tools, as I said before, we sort of structure it 
it so that we tell you a bit about what is the tool, why do we think that's useful or why does it matter, and then how you will practically go about doing it. So each tool is probably on average about three pages long. This is not long, detailed theory stuff. This is what is it? How can it help me? What do I need to do? How will I measure if it's been successful? So I never wrote it with a view that anyone other than my poor husband had to read it from front to back. <laughs> Did he? Um, probably not. Yes, he did. Come on. <laughs> it was always the idea that you would pick it up and put it down. So have it in your in tray or on your bookshelf behind you and just think, I wonder what I could do in my team briefing this week. Let's dig out a tool. And you, you, you're inspired by something rather than the whole thing. And I think, again, that's for me, it's like a menu of choices. It's not find a tool that will work for you every team meeting. It's just spark up some different conversations, use some different tools or techniques. And the book should allow you to do that because it's just that menu of options. Pick okay. something that you think might work. Try it. Brilliant. Yeah, try it. So can I be a bit cheeky? There are 50 tools. Yes. Is there any chance? I mean, we're not going to go through all 50 because no. then people will be like, well, firstly, it'd be a long podcast. Yes. But secondly, people would be like, oh, well, I've already don't got all the information the now. I don't need to look at the book. <laughs> can I, can you give me an example of just one, just for those people listening in that you kind of think of that might perhaps be a, I'll tell you what, here's an example of one, go and try it. Yeah, there's one kind of catch-all that I use, but it probably covers about three tools, and it's called the road trip. So I strongly encourage that you get people out and about. So that example I just gave around moving up and down the supply chain is, mm -hmm. is one of those. The other is to get people to go visit the customer. So whoever the customer is. So if I'm internal, my customer might, might be finance, or it might be the warehouse, or it might be that I go see an external customer. So go visit them. Go find out what's useful to them. What do they need? How does what you you do as an individual in your day job, whatever that is, impact on that customer? And how can you make that better? Because that kind of connection into purpose for people can be really engaging. If I now understand what I do and how it helps other people, brilliant. Yeah. I, I can feel more engaged in it. And I might just want to do it a little bit better yeah. or a bit cheaper or yeah. to a slightly better quality. And that's all going to enhance our performance. So that kind of road trip out to customers, I think, is useful. And that could be a formally planned trip organized with the customer or it could be if your customer is somewhere we can go publicly, just go and experience it, you know, almost mystery shopper style. Go and shop in that shop and see what that's like or go and experience that leisure centre or that car park or whatever it is. And then the other sort of road trip experience is benchmarking. So instead of going to visit the customer, go find out what the others are doing and bring that stuff back and talk to us about what are they doing? What should we do differently? What worked well? How can you contribute to that? What do you think in your role you could influence around helping us to compete with that sort of competition? And again, share those stories with other people and it, it, it sometimes it's about making sure that's spread out so it's not always the same people visiting not everyone might want to part, take part in that but it's just kind of trying out some of those things what if we just say chris go off and experience some of the competition for a little while come back give us two or three things you think we could learn from their experience and then let's talk as a team about what we might do yeah. and you might come back and say i didn't really pick up anything we're brilliant and we all go great fantastic let's visit the customer next time and see what that can tell us yeah do you know what's really interesting i've got a real practical example of my own career which mm. I can give so I used to work for Manpower Group I worked in the marketing team the brand team in head office and one of the most valuable two weeks that I spent of my life they sent me to the Knightsbridge office to sit with the temp desk team and mm. the perm team to talk to people to find out about what they do what they need and it actually made everything more real because yeah. I was just sitting yeah. in the head office like delivering brand tools putting together promotional items or newsletters for the business or giving them the tools that they need to do their job mm. 
but it was a branch network of people in Leicester or Manchester or whatever yeah. it is that I'd talk to occasionally, but it wasn't real because they were just at the end of the phone. Yeah. Going out and actually seeing those people for two mm. weeks and spending time with them and almost doing their job for them, yeah. I came back with a whole new perspective on it. So that's a practical live working example. Yeah. We had this conversation when you and I were talking about doing this podcast, but I wanted to kind of bring it up now because I think it does link to the book, which is around the idea that some businesses overcome complicate the strategy or the concept of employee engagement. Mm. I feel like people feel like it needs to be this big thing. And I think that's probably, this is going back to the nub of what you're talking about in the mm. book. It doesn't have to be so complicated. So I guess my overall question there is just a, a general sort of minute or two from you on do businesses overcomplicate employee engagement? I mean, I think there is a risk of that, but I would almost see it's a top-down and bottom-up sort of approach. There is lots of science, research and data behind things like your employee engagement surveys. The CIPD have a fabulous sort of definition around what engagement is and how, you know, made up of three different parts, sort of intellectual, affiliative, social engagement. You can read all of that theory and it's all useful and it, mm -hmm. it's all meaningful and it all um, is important in thinking about sort of your top-down strategy. But I guess the risk is that as the line manager or the HR person in a smaller environment, you're put off by all that science. And actually, back to the point, really, it's about if you work for me, Chris, how can I help you to feel more as if your heart and soul are committed to this company, that you want to do your very best for us? And that's not about you working long hours. That's not about you doing more and more all the time. It's about just the quality of the work that you're able to do, because I can help you to get a broader sense of what the purpose is and how we could do it differently and how we need you. We value you. We rely on you to deliver that service to our customer, again, internal or externals. So I think there's the risk that people don't touch it because they feel it's complicated when actually, again, the principle of the book really is it can just be really simple, small acts. And I think, you know, I've talked about this on a previous podcast, the three really simple things of ask people questions, listen to what they tell you, and then act on it. And that's, to me, the essence of how you do employee engagement because I can ask you a question and not bother listening to the answer properly mm -hmm. you know, I can I can hear it but I don't really do much with it I can ask you the question and listen to what you have to say but then not do anything with it or I can ask you the question listen and act on it and by acting on it I might come back to you and say I heard what you said Chris but actually here's the reasons why I can't do it or I choose not to do it or it won't work or it won't have the effect you think or we can say let's try it or we can say brilliant idea we're going to make that happen but that kind of full circle of really doing something with the information you, you give to me when I ask you a question is really key. So finding any opportunity to ask things, I think, will be really important and is not complicated. It's not yeah. science. It doesn't need backed up data because it's your opinion, your perception, your suggestion. It's up to me then what I do with that. But asking and, and trying to close that circle of doing something with it, I think, is key. Yeah, that's really powerful stuff. And I think if I'm not wanting to put words in your mouth, but I think you've sort of helped to answer the final question that I was just going to ask you, which is a key takeaway, one big bit of advice you mm. give. But I really love that. Yeah. Ask the questions, ask, listen, and then act. Yeah. I really love that as a, yeah. as a top line piece of advice. So just before we wrap up on today's podcast, is there anything more from the book or any bits of advice or just any sort of tidbits that perhaps we haven't discussed today that from your perspective, you'd say, oh, before we go, just one thing. I would say try it, but we've touched on that before. Yeah. I put that out there. Keep it simple. That's the thing for me is, is just keep it really simple. So read the book, read a tool, hear a tool from somebody else or a method that they've tried and just keep it simple. Don't overcomplicate it. Don't think it needs loads of time, commitment. Just go out and give it a try and be authentic. 
and tell your team you're going to give it a try. It might not work. Let's see what happens. Yeah, I think that's happened more during and post-pandemic. And we've had lots mm. of people talking about it. We've done things around like be your authentic self. And mm. We've read lots of stuff about it in the press. But it's simple, but it is true. Just be your own person, be a natural person, yeah. and it'll take you so far. Debbie, amazing to have you on the podcast. Thank you very much. You will be back again. I will <laughs> I drag will you. Back. I'll drag you into this small room that we are sitting in in our office so that we can... <laughs> uh, drill me. Yeah. Grill you some more so we can talk more things, but certainly around that employee experience part, Mm. because I know I know that's a passion of yours as well. So thank you very much for joining. Thank you very much for having me. If you listen to this podcast regularly and you want to give me some feedback and saying, Chris, you always say this at the end of the podcast, so please stop saying it. But unless I get that red flag from anybody, I'm going to keep saying this same ending. But you can find us on the Lace Partners website. It's lacepartners.co.uk forward slash podcast. We are on all of the channels that you normally listen to your podcast. So if you want to go onto Apple Podcast, you can do that. Amazon Music via the Alexa app or just online, you can do that. Spotify, Stitcher, SoundCloud. There's also a whole host of other podcast aggregators where you can get the HR on the Offensive podcast. We also do summaries of some of the podcasts that we put together. We put them in written content and occasionally I drag and I might even do this with Debbie as well one day uh, mm-hmm. for this podcast, maybe in a few days' time. We do 60 seconds videos. So tell us about what's in the podcast for 60 seconds or, in your instance, it'll be tell us about the book. Before we go, before I say my final goodbyes, is there anywhere that they can find the book? Where can people find it? All your normal online retailers, amazon.com.co.uk, for example, available in Kindle, hardback and paperback. You said that so naturally. Thank you very I much. <laughs> Thank you very much for listening, everybody. We hope you enjoy your Thursday or Friday, if you're listening to this on Friday or Saturday or Sunday, whenever you listen to it. It's been great to talk to Debbie. It's been great to have you here listening to us. And we will see you next time on the HR on the Effective Podcast. Bye-bye.